TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. I'm about to tell you an unbelievable story that, to my knowledge, has never been put fully together in one place. This is that place. And this is the story of how Joe Biden and his administration didn't bungle the exit from Afghanistan at all. In fact, it went off without a hitch. It's just that the American people don't understand what the goal was. The goal was to install the Taliban. They'd been at work doing this since the Obama administration. Why? So that the communist Chinese would then take over all the rare minerals mines, most especially the lithium, in deals they'd cut with the Taliban long before our exit. In other words, treason. What looked to the world like chaos, what enraged our allies, the French and the English, was actually an orchestrated and highly controlled handover of control of the country to the Taliban, but ultimately really to China. I'll get to that part in a minute. But first, I want to explain the testimony you saw yesterday in Congress by that Marine sniper, a sergeant who was not allowed to kill a known Taliban suicide bomber who ultimately killed 170 outside the airport that we turned over to the Taliban and 13 U.S. service members. So far, that's been presented on Fox News as the same thing, the bungling, the mistake. But there was no mistake here. The key to understanding it all is this Pentagon Inspector General report on Afghanistan. A story broken last week by investigative reporter Paul Sperry, who often writes for the New York Post. Most of our federal agencies have inspectors general. They have some of the widest security clearances possible, the idea being that they will be watchdogs inside these agencies. They'll review the things the agency is doing to make sure there's no corruption. The Pentagon inspector general for Afghanistan complains in a new report that the media is largely blacking out, but that I've read, that the Biden administration is hiding classified documents and annexes detailing the side deals it made with the Taliban before the withdrawal, including, get this, restrictions on U.S. troops fighting the Taliban and and restrictions on U.S. troops participating in or conducting any kind of counter-terror efforts against the Taliban. According to the Inspector General, and this is a horror, it got a lot of people killed, U.S. troops in Afghanistan were not allowed to engage with the Taliban, even when the checkpoints were attacked. Because of that, 13 U.S. service members and 170 people, including children and babies, would be slaughtered by a suicide bomber we knew was coming for a full three days. Why was it so critical that the Taliban not be interfered with, 
even when they were conducting murderous suicide attacks on our own troops. For the same reason, we fled in the middle of the night, leaving behind 80 Five billion dollars in military equipment to ensure the Taliban could quickly take over. Why flee in the middle of the night so that the French and the British wouldn't know we were going? See, for years, we'd accomplished a feat they could have done, too. We'd controlled all of Afghanistan with our superior air technology, much of it drones. It took just 5,000 troops to control the whole country. Had the British or the French gotten any wind that we'd flee in the middle of the night, they have this technology too. They could have easily supplanted us, taken over the country, and ensured it didn't fall to the Taliban and ultimately to the Chinese. This is why, in an absolute rage, the British Parliament censured Joe Biden, the only U.S. president to ever be censured by the British Parliament. They didn't even censure Washington, and his troops killed a lot of them during the revolution. You can read about the Brits' rage in the UK Daily Mail's coverage of it, most of which never penetrated in America. Most Americans have no idea that Biden was censured for fleeing in the middle of the night. Most Americans have no idea that at the G7 summit that summer, Boris Johnson, who was still then prime minister, looked Biden in the face on the floor from the podium and said, you'll tell us, right, if you're leaving Afghanistan. Joe Biden assured them that we would. We'd give them plenty of heads up and we'd always leave staff behind to make sure their people were safe. The Brits made the mistake of believing us. No, it was absolutely critical that Afghanistan be left in chaos to ensure the Taliban takeover. That's why we left. Normally when we leave a war zone, if we can't take the equipment with us, we destroy it. We did not. And that's how the Taliban took control of 75,000 U.S. vehicles, 200 aircraft, 600,000 U.S. weapons, $85 billion in military hardware, including FMTVs, M35s, Ford Rangers, Ford Vans, Toyota pickups, armored security vehicles. Heck, today, they're still patrolling the streets in the more than 2,000 armored Humvees and MRAPs. We left left 61,000 M203 rounds, 20,000 grenades, howitzers, mortars, thousands of rounds, 162,000 pieces of encrypted military communications gear, 16,000 night vision goggles. I could go on and on and on. 10,000 2.75-inch air-to-ground rockets, reconnaissance equipment. It goes on and on and on. In fact, the Associated Press had covered how very strange it was if we were talking about drawing down in Afghanistan, not running in the middle of the night, but drawing down how a massive tranche of military hardware was being shipped there in the weeks before we fled in the middle of the night. Again, I've documented all of this on previous Battleground podcasts. It'd take me an hour to go back over them again, but you can go back in the Battleground archives under Afghanistan and read it. All of this leads up to the slaughter of those 13 service members. At the time, you'll remember, all of the checkpoints leading to the only exit point, the Afghan airport, were controlled by the Taliban. They didn't fall to the Taliban. We gave them to the Taliban. In fact, We even sent one of our generals to Qatar to negotiate with them. They didn't even want to control our exit. We insisted on it. Oh, and who were we negotiating with in Doha across the negotiating table? Biden sent his envoy to Afghanistan, Zalmay 
Khalilzad. And he sat across the table from the Taliban Five, who, by the way, are now running the country in partnership with the Chinese. Who are the Taliban Five? You might remember them. We had them safely secured at Gitmo. They were responsible for killing hundreds of our troops. Obama traded them, you'll remember, for the traitor Bo Bergdahl, who converted to Islam and deserted. How much of a traitor was Bergdahl? Well, after the Rose Garden ceremony where we celebrated his return, two people were killed hunting for him. By the way, he didn't want to be found. He deserted to join the enemy. And that didn't go for him well in the hearings afterward. He was ultimately dishonorably discharged. Now it's clear why. They wanted an excuse to let the Taliban Five out of Gitmo so they could put them back in charge of Afghanistan. They are who we ultimately bargained with when we returned Afghanistan to them. I'm convinced because for years before that, they'd been negotiating with the Chinese, as is documented in the Wall Street Journal, to extract all the rare earth minerals we should have reserved for ourselves or at least partner with Afghanistan to buy from them. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. The article in the Wall Street Journal that documents that is called China Pursues Afghanistan's Mineral Wealth After U.S. Exit. But dig deeper into that, the world's largest untapped reserves of copper, one of the world's largest lithium mines, virtually every mineral we need for our defense tech industry is now controlled by China. Dig a little deeper into that article and you'll see this. The negotiations didn't start after we left. They'd been going for years between the Taliban and China to mine those minerals. But we had a problem. Our supposed allies, the Brits and the French, didn't want to turn the country over to the Taliban. So we fled in the middle of the night without telling them and left behind the military equipment, enough for an army, to ensure the Brits and the French couldn't defeat them. As soon as we fled, they immediately knocked over Bagram Air Base, home to 5,000 inmates that they quickly turned into their army. These were Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and Taliban jihadis, the most brutal of the brutal. Our troops had fought, died, and sustained loss of limbs, severe injuries capturing them. They just walked out the door took up the arms, we left, and took over. That's why the night flight was key. We didn't want our allies to see what we were doing. Had we evacuated any of the people loyal to us, many were killed, or even the Americans in the zone, they would have asked questions. So we couldn't. We left them there. But the worst part was to come. Congress must demand these classified documents that the Pentagon's inspector general has warned us about so we can have the details of how our own Troops were left to die in a bloodbath because they weren't allowed to stop the Taliban. So that brings us to the congressional testimony yesterday. It explains perfectly how our snipers had watched that suicide bomber three days before the bombing outside the Afghan airport train with his handler out in the open. 
completely unafraid of anyone stopping him. We knew who they were. We had descriptions. We even knew the cars they were driving. So when they showed back up, the suicide bomber clearly dicked out with an IED strapped to his body and his handler, we knew exactly what they were there for. And our snipers begin to beg for permission to take them out. That leads to sniper and Marine Sergeant Tyler Vargas's testimony, tear-filled yesterday, under oath, before Congress. He couldn't believe knowing who they were and what they were there for, having watched them prepare for the attack, that no one would allow him to stop it. Over the communication network we passed that there was a potential threat and an IED attack imminent. This was as serious as it could get. I requested engagement authority while my team leader was ready on the M110 semi-automatic sniper system. The response, leadership did not have the engagement authority for us. Do not engage. I requested for the battalion commander, Lieutenant Colonel Brad Whited, to come to the tower to see what we did. While we waited for him, psychological operations individuals came to our tower immediately and confirmed the suspect met the suicide bomber description. He eventually arrived and we showed him our evidence, the photos we had of the two men. We reassured him of the ease of fire on the suicide bomber. Pointedly, we asked him for engagement authority and permission. We asked him if we could shoot. Our battalion commander said, and I quote, I don't know, end quote. Myself and my team leader asked very harshly, well, who does? Because this is your responsibility, sir. He again replied, he did not know, but would find out. We received no update and never got our answer. We made everyone on the ground aware. Operations had briefly halted, but then started again. Plain and simple, we were ignored. Then a flash and a massive wave of pressure. I'm thrown 12 feet onto the ground, but instantly knew what had happened. I opened my eyes to Marines dead or unconscious lying around me. A crowd of hundreds immediately vanished in front of me and my body was catastrophically wounded with 100 to 150 ball bearings now in it. <clears throat> Almost immediately we started taking fire from the neighborhood and I saw how injured I was with my right arm completely shredded and unusable. I saw my lower abdomen soaked in blood. My body was overwhelmed from the trauma of the blast. My abdomen had been ripped open. Every inch of my exposed body, except for my face, took ball bearings and shrapnel. <clears throat> I tried to get up but could not. Laying there for a few minutes, I started to lose consciousness. When I heard Chaz, my team leader, screaming my name as he ran to me. His voice calling to me kept me awake. When he got to me, he dragged me to safety and immediately started triaging me, tying tourniquets on my limbs and doing anything he could to stop the bleeding and start plugging wounds with the help of the other Marines. I was awake through most of it, screaming, moaning, and cursing. Unfortunately, most of the mainstream outlets covering that, and that's pretty much just Fox News, are still treating this as incompetence, mishandling, an accident. They're probably not aware yet of the Pentagon Inspector General's report. They need to be. Because listen to what happened next. Tyler Vargas Andrews was shocked that no one wanted to investigate this. FBI wouldn't even take his report. He told members of Congress. No one wanted my report post-blast. Even NCIS and the FBI failed to interview me. Asked me to elaborate on my ordeal post-blast. Our military members 
and veterans deserve our best because that is what we give to America. The withdrawal, the withdrawal was a catastrophe in my opinion, and there was an ex inexcusable lack of accountability and negligence. The 11 Marines, one sailor, and one soldier that were murdered that day have not been answered for. This devastating testimony, sadly, was the first the mothers of two of these men would hear of it. Um, I actually got really emotional while I was uh, hearing the testimony and ended up becoming um, even more upset when I realized that th the whole thing could have been prevented. Paula, same question to you. What were you thinking when you were hearing this testimony? I grabbed Ryan's his poster behind me and I held him because he is the reason why I have so much sadness this morning. It begs the question exactly how profoundly and deeply compromised is the U.S. government and the Pentagon? Remember, we got a peek into that a couple weeks ago when the Pentagon lied to the American people exhaustively in order to buy just a few more days for that Chinese spy balloon to go over the country. Even telling us, you'll remember, that they didn't spot it till Alaska over the waters, and by then they only had minutes to shoot it down. CBS debunked that, you'll remember. They'd actually seen it take off. They were going to let it go clear across the country. They lied, spun, and misdirected for three days to allow it to do so, along with the Biden administration. So this was Pentagon and Biden administration to buy it more time and ultimately had to shoot it down when public opinion became overwhelming. We need to begin to look at our government as essentially not just compromised by Biden's deals through Hunter, but increasingly merged with the Chinese government and subservient to its interests. Finally, a warning to parents and grandparents, whatever it takes, whatever you have to do, talk your kids and your grandkids out of ever joining this military. Not for a long time. You cannot serve your country, no matter how much you want to. You can't even join under a Republican, because eventually the Democrats, and I guess the Chinese, will get control. Nothing you do, no sacrifice you make, could ever be for anything. Look at the tale of those who served in Afghanistan. Ultimately, it was pointless. Their sacrifices, pointless Want to serve your country? I don't think you could do it in the military anymore. I think it's impossible. I actually think if you want to serve your country, you need to move to a red area, overwhelmingly red area, and join a police force. Work your way up. Because in the future, that's where the battlefield will be. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 
your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.